it's it's all legal now. Yeah, we're on. <laughs> oh shit, we have to be. Yeah, hate. yeah. Don't <laughs> say fuck a bugger. <laughs> <laughs> so right, um, I'm going to do this with, with to make as little editing as possible because I like shit simple. Absolutely, it's the way it goes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. Welcome to this episode of Mind Matters. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Peter Lant, who I've spoken to before. Uh, Peter is a, a personal trainer, strength coach, uh, is getting more into the mindset piece. Uh, and really, I think all your work is, as you've described to me prior to, prior to starting this, is really just about helping people uh, refine and redefine and make themselves better at being themselves yep yep that about that about sums it up it's a really hard it's funny because you were asking how do you want to be introduced and i was like i don't know because because <laughs> what i've just told you before we started recording it's like you know there's so many things happened that I, it's there's no definition it's just it just is what it is and it changes over time so yeah basically i just try to help people um physically getting stronger and fitter and healthier um, without all the rubbish that goes on. That's what we do on the, the podcast that we do, which, which you were a guest on as well, which was lovely. Yes, but it's, it's like, you know, trying to get people to get past all the jargon and that of absolutely everything. Yeah. And just keep it simple. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. And get and do what do exactly what they need to do right now to get them to where they want to be. And that's basically yes. it. Um, and there's not a template for that, unfortunately. No, there's not. Um, and, and, and labels get in the way a lot of the time. It, yep. it just makes more complicated unnecessarily. Yeah, totally, totally. And in the world of social media and everything, it's like, do this, do this, just follow these steps and you'll get there. Which works superficially for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Unless, unless unless you unless you get to the, the root of whatever it is that's got you to where you want where you are now, then you know. Yeah, it's it's just it's just putting a putting a bandaid on a plaster, plaster, yes. plaster. How do you say it? My girlfriend takes the Mickey because I'm from Newcastle and I say plaster, and she's like, "That's that's posh speak." <laughs> <laughs> You're an anomaly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of, of of our conversation today, like I uh, as I said just now this is about people's psychological journeys through life um, yeah. what 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 you've learned from from your uh trial and error test and adjust and you know all the heroic failures and fuck-ups that we <laughs> that we have um and i think that the, the the better the life the longer the list of those there is in people's uh, people's um journey yeah so yeah. The, so yeah so really it's up to you i let you start where you want to start and with with that premise in mind it's funny because like i said you asked me a couple of weeks ago to do this and um and i've i've overthought it um but <laughs> i was thinking where where to begin and it actually be it, uh, the the current state of where i'm at now began when i was like 39 and I got divorced. Okay. But that actually began, and I'll cycle back to this, but it's hitting you straight between the eyes, and it began when I was 15, mm -hmm. 
when I found out, my dad sat me down because he was in a bit of a state and he told me something about a family that I wasn't ready to hear because I was 15 years old. Um, my dad, who, you know, your dad's a, a big figure in your life, a big, strong figure. You know, yeah. my dad was in the air. Uh, he wasn't in the Marines like you, but he he, did, he was the last year of National Service, 19... He was born in 38, so... 19, okay. What was that, 51 or whatever? It was the last year of National Service. Right. And he was in Cyprus, so he always, he always used to... would see pictures, and he goes, oh, that was when I was fighting for you. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, he was a funny bloke, but, you know, he's this, and he was strong and all that, as people of that generation were. Yes. Um, and everything, but he sat down, he was crying in front of me. I was 15 years old. My brother had moved out. He's six years older than me. Um, and, and he told me something about my family, which was basically my, it was about my mum. And her, let's, let's just say my maternal grandfather wasn't a very nice man. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. And um, that kind of, I didn't know what to do about that. I just sat there, what, like, listened to him, and I was like, okay. And then I didn't know what to do about it after that. But then once I knew that, I could see, you know, the their relationship wasn't that great. Maybe he's and and just lots just lots of things started showing up, and I could see why he was like he was, she was like she was. Um, I know that they loved me when I was a kid, and at that time, but like they never really told me and all that sort of stuff. So it was kind of that all happened when I was fifteen, right. And like I say, it was it it was twenty five years later when I actually started to have to do something about it. But from then, you know, they were very good. They were, they were very good with me, and um, you know, got through school, got an education, went to university, got a maths degree, went and got got a job at the electricity board in Newcastle, um, the electricity board at the time, as it was Northern Electric. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, 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 and <laughs> that was before like it is now. Um, I don't work in the electricity industry or the utility industry anymore, by the way, before anyone starts sending me death threats and all that. Like, <laughs> at, at the time of recording, it's not a good place to be, is it? But anyway. You have nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Um, but yeah, so I got a job at Northern Electric, and then um, they got taken over by a, com uh, by a company in Swindon. So I moved out of Swindon in 2001, down south. Um, and I was I was a trader for them, so I was buying and selling electricity and gas okay. and, and all that sort of stuff, um, which was very well paid, you know. So and that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to go and earn money because it was like, what do you do when you finish university and what have you? I'll just go and work for a company and earn as much money as I can. And it was very well paid, Makes sense. Um, you know. So there was lots of drinking and um, debauchery involved. You know, so I got out of shape, um, you know, and then uh, 2004 was when my dad got ill. So he was 65. He, di he died when he was 65. He got lung cancer. He started smoking when he was five years old. Um, wow. In 19, when was that? 1943. <laughs> and he smoked, he smoked until he was 48 years old. Um, and then gave up because I asked him to, because I was like, I think I was like 10 at the time. And I asked him to, um, yeah, so, so he, he got lung cancer and he died in, uh, 2004, 29th of January, 2004, which was my brother's 33rd birthday. So happy birthday, bro. You know, it was a bit of a, bit of a coincidence that one, yeah. but, um, but anyway, so it, it, it that kind of, 
that hit me because he was I was like 65. I mean, that's only 20 years older than I am now, you know what I mean? So I was like, blimey, that's it's it's no age. My mum was 59. And he'd been looking at he'd been kind of looking after her because she hadn't processed what had happened to her when she was younger. Yeah. That I, that I spoke about earlier. She hadn't processed that. So I think he basically took on all that stress for her. So obviously smoking, you know, lung cancer, smoking, that's not good for you. But he, you know, he used to try and lose weight. When he gave up smoking, he put on loads of weight. He used to try and lose weight. But every Monday, he'd find some reason to stop. He'd get stressed. Yeah. But he, he worked He worked in a factory making sweets. You know what I mean? There's nothing to get stressed about. And, and that really is the, let's face it. So he... he you know, I think basically life was just stressful for him because he was trying to look after my mum and stuff like that. So it, 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 that's what, you know, that killed him in the end as far as, far as I, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um, so anyway, af- after that, it kind of hit me, but then I was like, but I just carried on doing, what I was 27 at the time. So I just carried on doing what I was doing, earning as much money as possible, going out drinking, what have you. And then I met my wife a year later. Um, and that got me to thinking um, while I was with her and our relationship was developing, I was like, do you know what? I'm with somebody here who's going to be my life partner, I thought at the time, um, who's, who's never met, who my dad never got to meet. You know, and I found that, I found that really sad. And I was like, yeah. right. Okay. So like lots of this stuff I was, was going through my head, but I just never did anything about it. Um, and then we got married in 2012. Everything was lovely. Um, and then 2013, I got made redundant from work. And so at the time, I was so so. Like I say, I was a trader for this for this uh, for for this company, and so we're making money and all that. So we make money for the company, and then they make, they pay you money, which is lovely. And then it's like everyone everyone That's- wins. And it's great, but it was long <clears throat> hours sitting at a desk all day, every day. Um, you know, for so from 2001 or 2013, I sat pretty much at the same desk, maybe the one next to it or whatever, but in the same office at the same desk for 12 years, yeah. Um, a lot of the same people, just 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 the, the same thing over and over again. And then, to, and then the credit crisis crunch happened. The credit crisis happened 2007-2008. Yes. Things were a little bit okay after that, but then it got really toxic because it was harder to make money for the company and for yourself. And it yeah. just became a toxic environment. And I hated it. I loved it when I was doing it in the beginning because it, was, it wasn't that hard. But then it became... And it wasn't because it was hard, but it just became... It, it, like everyone was... Like the people within the same company were... were, were trading against each other and had different like opinions and views on what was going on. So it became yeah. quite toxic. And, and then eventually like the, they started getting rid of people because everyone <clears> was losing <throat> money at the time. Um, and then, so 2013, I was made redundant a year after I got married. And then after that, I was a bit lost because I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go and find a job doing what I was doing because it had become toxic and it had put me right off it. But then I was like, I've got no identity. Because it didn't prepare, I was like, it doesn't prepare you for any other jobs or anything like that. I thought, what the hell do I do? Um, and then, but at the time, so at the time, I was deciding, well, how old was I then? 2013, what, 33, 34? Something like that. Anyway, 
And then I thought, well, actually, I want to I want to get fit because my you know, I was out of shape. I'd been drinking loads and all that sort of stuff. And my dad had died at 65. I was like, I want to get fit because I don't want to go the same way as he did. Yeah. So that was when this part of my life started. It just, it, it, it started then. And I did a PT course um, for myself. I thought I'll have three months off, do a PT course, and then I'll go and find a job. Cause I had been paid out and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, you know, financially secure. So I could, I could do that. Okay. Then, um, and then I was like, do you know what? I'm enjoying this. And I joined a gym and I saw some of the PTs in there and I was like, they don't seem to be doing much. I could do better than that. So I decided, <laughs> no, seriously, that's what I thought. I was like, they're just sticking people on treadmills and getting them to run. It's like, it's not, it, there must be more to it than that. And then I realized when I'd done the t- PT course that, um, the, that, that was the beginning. And then I started to get into the education of that. Cause I hadn't really learned anything about myself or anything for, you know, since I'd been through uni all the way through to then. So I'd got to like 33, 34, and I hadn't done any self um, development, basically. And and work used to talk about doing that. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's all about self-development and your your goals for this year at work and all that sort of stuff, because they have to do that. But yeah. they never really, they, ne- they never followed up on it. And then the year later, they'd be like, oh, well done. Um, the self-development stuff, whatever, but we've made this much money. So there you go, wallop, brilliant. Next, next year. And that it was just about making money, yeah. you know. And I used to say, and I still do, I've learned more about myself in the last, what's it now, uh, nine years since I got made redundant than I did in the whole time from when I was like 15 right up until for the 20 years before that. Yeah, so, so yeah, so then I became a PT and then I've just been learning ever since. And then I, I, I learned very quickly with life experience and stuff like that, that it's not just about getting fitter. It's not about, you know, eating well and all that. It's, it's all about mindset and get you know, having to deal with what has got you to where you are. So I was out of shape. Um, I wasn't very fit. I felt like I was old at 30, like early mid thirties felt like I was old and I was like, right, I'm I'm just going to get older from here. Um, and also I'd made a decent amount of money. I bought my flat. I was married. I had a nice car, drop top Mercedes, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, right, what's next? What what do I do now? That's it. I'm done. I'm uh, life's over. I'm done. I've I've earned what I need to earn. I drive a nice car. I've got a beautiful wife. Um, I didn't have any kids, but I wasn't interested in having kids, which is probably because of what was happening when I was when I was younger. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know whether I believe that or not. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so I, I'm rambling a bit now, but I, like that, that was it. And I was like, what, what happens next? What do I do? But then I've been on this journey ever since then of just self-discovery because I, I, I just find it fascinating about you know, how you can get, I got to that point. And then when we got to, when, when my marriage happened, so my marriage was broke down. I didn't get depressed. I've never been like depressed or anything like that, but I was obviously a bit sad. (laughs) And I had the thing, I had the thing in my chest and my marriage actually probably broke down a year before we split up, but you know, you've got to work at these things, right? That's what you're told. So, yeah, a year before, 
I'd had a, not a breakdown, but I just had that, you know, when you sob and everything just comes out, you know, when like, if you've got that thing in your chest and it feels like someone's just tightening it and tightening it and tightening it and, and, and yes. you're like, you just get wound up and wound up and that burst. And I just, everything came out when I had an argument with my, with my ex-wife. And it really surprised her actually. And she just like, we were having an argument. She was so angry. She was red in the face. That happened. I broke down and she just like, everything flipped and she changed. She was like, you all right? You know? And then at that point, I, I knew then I was like, this is over. But I thought, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can make it work. And then a year later, it was over. And at that point, I was like, right, what do I do? I, because I know that it was the same with the job as well. What people tend, what people will do is then go and create the same relationship again with someone else. Yes. And hope that works and do exactly the same things. And then 10 years down the line, you're in your mid forties and you're on your second and divorce and, and what have you. Yeah. So I was like, do you know what? I was like, I'm ready now. That's not going to be me. Who the hell am I? Yeah. And that was when it started. <laughs> that is when my life started as far as I'm concerned right now. It's, it's Sorry, my weird. dog's just busted in the room. That's all right. <laughs> no, so anyway, that was that was where my life started, basically, I think. Um it's like another another um another go at life. Cause like I say, I was I was yeah. done. I was pretty much done. I was like, well, where do I go next? What happens? And and it's quite funny because you can call it a midlife crisis or whatever you like. Um and I don't even know that that's a thing. It's just you get to a certain age, don't you? And go, right, well, what's it actually all about? <laughs> what, 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 what are we doing here? What's yeah, the there's... Purpose? Well, yeah, I think... I can relate to that. And I know a lot of people, other people who... Friends of mine and, and people I've worked with can relate to that. When you like... You kind of muddle along with life, yeah. doing your thing. And then something like, you know, being made redundant or, you know, whatever happens... And it all of a sudden it changes and divorce is a big change in life. And then you kind of, you're, you're kind of, then you, you do take stock and go, well, what, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, totally. Especially, I mean, that all happened within, excuse me, I got married, made redundant, complete career change, which was really scary because doing something yeah. that I've got no skills in like at all. Um, which is not related to any degree that I've done or anything, which is also, um, it's quite a, it was a, it, like a newish industry as well. And there's lots of insecure people within it. Yeah. Um, and, and then getting divorced. Yes. All happened within like a, a, a three and a half year period. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you it's, know. It's a, it's a lot in it's a short space huge. of time. It's, when I think, uh, when I think about it, I think, why, who am I? Who am I? I thought about this about coming on here. Like I said, I told you, didn't I? I looked back through your thing and it was all people who've been in the RAF and people who've been in the Marines and PhDs and the, the late Tamsin whose son had cancer and all. I was like, who the hell am I to come on here? But then actually when I thought about it, I was like, I've been through quite a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and Tamsin said it on that, on, on the, I know she's, you said she's been on twice. I need to listen to the second one, but that first one, she said she, she was sitting there at that table, this really resonated with me. Actually, she was sitting there at that table with a with a, with the other people in the in the hospital when her son had cancer, and um, I can't I, I can't remember the other ailments that the um, yeah that the the people's kids had, but it was all people's kids, 
And they were all saying your situation's way worse than mine because cancer's a nightmare. No, your situation's worse because imagine having to deal with um, what I can't remember what it was. You know what I mean? They all thought everyone was going through a worse situation than themselves. Yeah. Um, which is maybe a coping mechanism. I don't know. So, so I think, hang on, there's pe- there's there's people been through a hell of a lot more than me. So who the hell am I to, to talk about this stuff? But then actually, the more I've thought about it, the more self-discovery I've done and everything, it's like everybody who, everybody struggles with something. Yes. And it doesn't matter how big or small that struggle is, it's a struggle. It doesn't matter how big or small it is to, to anyone else. It to is. You, it's a huge struggle and it matters. Yes. There's, I'm looking for something here because I was, I'm working on something at the moment that, uh, well, bloody, oh, there it is. A bloody microphone in the way I can't see. But just, <laughs> that just, it you're fits. You're showing your professionalism there. You've got a microphone and everything. I <laughs> know, oh, look, I'm not even lying. Hey, that's why I keep mine in shot, you see, so everyone knows. <laughs> right, because there's, 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 um, there's a quote I mean, I, I, I use that fits exactly what you're saying and it's your subjective experience carries more power than your objective situation yes because you know this is why there is no comparison between one person's life story and ups and downs and traumas and happy moments etc they're all so personal yeah that you you can't you can't compare it's impossible and it, it that's that 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 has been a huge lesson for me especially if you go into into coaching um because everyone's going to come to you i mean uh, fitness is an interesting one actually because people come to you to get fitter and lose weight mm. or, or whatever get healthier but it's not usually it's 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 never i say it's not usually it's never about that it's never about that because the reason why they feel like they're not fit enough or strong enough or healthy enough is because of something else, something that they're putting in their own way, something in their head, some mindset problem, some, something that happened when they were a kid, something that's happening in their relationship, something that's happening somewhere that they're self-medicating by drinking too much or eating rubbish food or whatever. It's just, it's, it, they know that's not what the, what, they know what to do. Yeah. And this is why, honestly, the, the fitness industry is hilarious. You see, I put posts up and stuff like that, and people go, well, you just, you just, you just eat less and move more. And it's like, brilliant, problem solved. <laughs> there you go. That's why, that's why, you know, everyone's... I hate saying everyone, but, you know, that's why there's more overweight people than there, than there used to be and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work like that, does it? No, it doesn't. You know, it's no. not as Let's face it. No. Do you know... A, a big... <sighs> You know, having having been in the military and been at the the peak of fitness, you know, equivalent to and probably at some points fitter than Olympic athletes yeah. is the, the 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 kind of the parallel that's drawn. Um, and now, you know, early fifties, I've had a year and a half of angina. I've put at least two stone on. Um, I can't run like I used to. I can't exercise like I used to because I've got a fused shoulder. I've got limited use of my left arm. I'm waiting to get the bone cut out of my thumb because it's arthritic and knackered. So strength work, upper body strength work is shot to bits. I've started 
doing a little bit of running again. Well, I call it a walk and hobble. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, and this is something I'd like to go into with you, with, with perhaps with your um, clients, because you deal with 40s plus, don't you? Yeah, yeah, guys, it's me. It's basically me. Yeah. I deal, I deal with me. When and dealing like, with... Me 10 years ago, but they're... Yeah, it's guys, guys in the 40s, basically. I mean... <laughs> I say that, and it, there's some women who come along and stuff like that, but it's mainly yeah. guys in the 40s. But it's dealing with how the, the you know life's curve curveballs physically, and how it's it's taken me a long time to adjust in my head that I can't do what I used to do. Yeah, and that's been quite a painful process. Excuse me, I'm going to go to the door. Bloody dog is <laughs> panting like a sodding steam train. I can't hear it, <laughs> by the way, so it's okay. But no, it's funny because. You say that because you're you've been at a pinnacle, and there's there's no, the, the only way down from a peak is, is is well not the only way. There's two ways down, isn't there? You can you can walk back down, or you can fall off it. Yeah. Um, and that's a Mark Rifkin quote, by the way. Um, just because you should always, you know, I didn't make that up, and that's a, that's he he said that. But anyway, um, yeah. It's the again, like you say, you can't compare because so for someone like me, I'm fitter now than I've ever been in my mid 40s. But that's because I was never fit when I was younger. I was never sporty, I was never on any teams, um, anything like that. I never I never did anything. I went out for a run when I was at university with a couple of my mates, a couple of them were on the football team and stuff. I went out for a run, got to the end of the street, and I nearly passed out and I went <laughs> and I just went home. And that was it. Because I was okay. I was I was so out of shape, it was unbelievable. Have you ever seen Run Fat Boy Run when yes. um what's his name? Simon uh, Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. He goes out and he's ready and he runs down, he's like he starts and then he just within about three seconds he's knackered. That was me. Yeah. You know. So I look at it now as like I'm never gonna be have the potential I did when I was younger, but that but I'm fitter now than I've ever been. Whereas you'd be like, you know, and you've got and I haven't got a few children and a knackered thumb and all of that sort of stuff. But um, you've been at the pinnacle, say, and then, you know, there's, as long as you're, as long as you're coming down slowly. And there's another thing that Dan John says as well. And this is, this is interesting. He's a 65 year old strength coach. Yeah. And he says, you know, we're all going to decline. We're all going to decline. Absolutely. That's just how it goes. But what you can do is you can slow that down. You can slow that, that decline down. And if you do something about it now, no matter how old you are, it means in 10, 20 years time, you're not going to be the person who you would have been if you didn't do anything about it now. Yeah. And that's one of the things I say a lot. What does it look like in 20 years? The decisions you make today, what do they look like in 20 years time? Um, and I, that resonates with me so much now because my dad was 20 years older than me at this moment when he died. Yes. So it made that honestly... I thought about that a couple of weeks ago and I was like, wow, right. That really makes a difference now yeah. in my, in my head. Um, you know, and we were talking earlier about, about the why of why you do stuff. And you see, you see this a lot online and stuff like that as well. Don't you with people saying, you know, I want to get fitter. I want to get stronger. And then like a coach will come online and go, yeah, but you need to find your why, why, why do you want to do that? We were speaking about this before. Mm-hmm. We? Why, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do it? And keep asking why. And they go, oh, well, I want to lose some weight. Why? Because I'm, I'm, my clothes don't fit me or anymore. 
okay, why does that matter? Well, because I, I want to play football with the kids in the park and I, I can't keep up with them and I get tired and I have to sit and watch, which makes me sad. And it's like, okay, why does that matter? Well, because then I'll go home and eat more and, and all of that. And there's a cycle and all that. It's like, why does that matter? And then it becomes, but that's all still quite, quite, it's quite superficial stuff. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about this and my why is it basically unhealthy, like unhe- unhealthy habits and, pro- and, and the mindset stuff as well. So probably a lot of mindset stuff with my dad from having to look after my mum and not knowing how to, and that really, he, he probably felt guilty about it and all this. I don't know this, but this is how I think about it. And this is how I, how I think I saw it at the time. He probably he felt guilty. So he used to just medicate, self-medicate. Yeah. Um. And that's what killed him. And, you know, that's that's a decent why. But then when I think about it, the deeper why is because of what happened to my mum when, when she was younger. And that affects, I mean, you know, this is one of the things, this is one of the things I want to kind of drive home as well. I haven't got any kids and that's probably why. I, I think that's why. I don't know for sure but I was never interested in having kids. My brother hasn't got any kids either. There's no, my, my mum has zero grandkids. Um, she's got, she's got three, three grand cats, actually two. One of them, one of them died last night, actually. Unfortunately. Oh shit. I shouldn't laugh, but yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. One of them died last night. Um, coincidentally, but then, and she's got a grand dog called Sid, my spaniel called Sid. And that's it. (laughs) Right. Um, so, and I, I think that is because I I wasn't able to process what happened to her. Yeah. Not it didn't even happen to me. And I was talking to Kirsten Tullock about this earlier. It didn't even happen to me. And she's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter if it happens to you or not. It's still a trauma in in your your immediate kind of family and how you were brought up and and, and your mindset comes from your parents' mindset and what have you. The um it goes I mean, deeper than that. There is a thing called transgenerational trauma. Yes. Where uh, a, a pregnant mother, what's going on in her system from the trauma that she's experienced that's going through her her entire body is passed through to the fetus and come and, and is kind of hereditary in in a certain in a roundabout kind of way, is passed on that trauma is ingrained and passed on to the baby. Wow. Okay. That's interesting then. I didn't know. Uh, Yeah. So you have a look at transgenerational trauma. Mm. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't very, uh, very exciting for the listeners, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean me writing it down. Are you writing it down? Um, Yeah. Well, I know maybe they are as well. So maybe you've spurred a few people on to make yeah. note as well. No, that that is interesting because you see, I think there's a lot. That, I think there's going to be a lot. Well, everyone out there will have something that they don't know. They'll 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 have habits. Um, what do you how you how would you say you'll have habits? You'll have um, behaviors. Yeah, all of that stuff that you just can't explain. You do it and you know you shouldn't, but you do it anyway, and you can't explain it and you can't. And then you feel guilty about it, um, you know, and it's 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 self-fulfilling. 
and it's it's a it's a horrible it, it it always feels like it's a horrible thing to say and this is why people don't talk about it as well i think is because it's kind of like you know, you know it's your fault but you don't want to be told it's your fault because the person who tells you especially if it's someone like me or you on a podcast or whatever or it's someone online you're just going to go i hate that person then you're going to go you're going to go and comment and tell them to piss off and then block them or whatever you know it's if it's a friend that tells you you might you might think i know they're trying to help yeah you know but then you can only help yourself and all that sort of stuff so it's it's i'm sorry i've lost my train of thought there but it's it's everybody everybody has something like this and it's it it's taken me a long time talking to a lot of people, having a lot of coaches, talking to people like yourself as well, doing the podcast and talking to people on there and here and there, um, their um, experiences, talking to my guys who are training in the park, listening to their experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a guy at the minute, his dad's got dementia and, and he's, he's had an addiction his, his whole life, basically, not to drugs or anything like that, buying stuff. He buys crap. Right. And um, and he keeps it out of the family budget, doesn't tell his wife about it. So he gets in debt and then he has to pay the debt off. OK. And it doesn't it doesn't it's not going to bankrupt or anything like that. But it, 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 it's a lie that he's not telling anybody. And he's and it's he's not telling his wife who's the closest person to him. Right. And, and, all that. and then she finds out and then they try and help like sort it out. But now he's seeing somebody about that to do something about it because he's ready um, he told all of us, you know, we were down there at 7am in the park training and lifting weights and stuff like that. And he, he told us all about it. He'd been, he hadn't been for like two weeks and I, I was texting him, are you okay? Um, nothing came back. So I was just leaving it and leaving it. And I thought, well, he's ready, he'll come back. Two weeks later, he came back, told everybody about it. And everyone went, yeah, we've all done that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. One of the guys was talking about the amount of Batman memorabilia he had in a in a in an office in his house or something like that. And he's he was like, because I don't even really like Batman. Like, why have I got all this stuff? And it was hilarious. So we're just all we were all like, we've all done that. I mean, I've got yeah, look at the amount of Rubik Cubes I've got there. <laughs> There's a plate there as well. You've seen in into my lifestyle here, but like, you know, <laughs> that, that's an addiction. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, 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 everybody's got this and it shows up in a way that you can't explain. And it, sh- it might show up in something like that, just buying stuff. And it's like, well, what's wrong with that? As long as you can afford it, what's wrong with it? And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a plaster, isn't it? <laughs> Put a plaster on something. Yes. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. We like to, our brains like to simplify our lives and take shortcuts and refine things to the simplest form. So we're creatures of habit. So 90, 95% of every, every day is driven through habitual behaviors. Yeah. Habitual thinking, habitual language use, habitual actions and behaviors. It's, that's what we do because we like to make life easy. Yeah. And because we don't have to think about it, this is where lots of, in many ways, coaching won't work for, for for a lot of things like this because it's coming at it at the wrong level. It's too surface level. You need to actually get in to the unconscious level and access those things there and make changes there rather than trying to 
because in in some way it kind of sets people up people are setting themselves up for failure by looking for a solution to a problem at the wrong level yeah so i've i've learned about this in lots of different ways i'm actually I've, I've, i was actually learning about this this very morning which i told you about as well um and it's yeah i know exactly what you mean trying to change behavior doesn't come doesn't come from willpower or changing the way you, you think or anything like that because you're going to think anyway you can't you can't change that can't you but it's it's it, well an example that was on the thing I was looking at this morning was meditation. And people would go, well, just meditate. And then it's fine. It's like, yeah, but that's still at a surface level. You're not changing anything. You're just, you're, oh, but you're not, you're letting your thoughts pass. And um, you're not paying them any attention. It's like, yeah, while you're meditating, you're doing that. And that's fine. But what happens when, you, what happens when um, you're, in the, you're in the world and things are going on around you and you haven't got time to process anything and all that? You just, yeah. you just do things automatically. And it's... I was, I've been thinking about this a lot as well, because I used to, I was, one of my old coaches had me meditating, which is nothing wrong with, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with meditation, and I actually enjoyed it. But now, instead of meditating, I take the dog for a walk, and we'll go out for a couple of hours, and I just, I watch him running around, and he's not got a care in the world. He just goes and sniffs stuff, swims in stuff, does this, yep. and I'm like, that is that's a flow the word yes. that, that word flow as well i love that that's that's just that's he's just flowing around doing whatever he does and what i love about that is we leave the front door and he's excited and he's got no idea where we're going and he's got no idea how long we're going for i could walk straight back in the house with him and then he's like all oh, right we're done but but we don't and we go out for a walk and he just enjoys it to the max yes and we can be out. So we've just got back from, from the lakes in Snowdonia. We're walking up and down mountains. And we were nagged, and he's still going. But then as yeah. soon as he gets, as soon, he's still going. He's on one, he's on one, he's on one. He's a spaniel, so he's just on one. And as soon as you get in the house, <laughs> and you've been, yeah, you've been out for three. Have you got a spaniel as well, have you? Ah, oh, brilliant. They're great. But anyway, <laughs> um, as soon as, as soon as, um, as soon as we get back in the front door, so he's still running around, running around. We get back in the front door, being out for three or four hours, say, he just, he'll go and he'll, he'll either get in his basket or we'll let him on the sofa because we do. Um, yes. and, and he'll just go to sleep. Yeah. And it's like, because what he's then doing is recharging because he's like, at any point now, I could be getting up and going out again. And he doesn't, he just doesn't know what's going to happen next. And that, I, I absolutely, I mean, obviously you can't live like that. But if you can experience that on a daily basis, it's it's just fantastic. And, mm -hmm. and 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 that's what happens when we go out for a walk. I might know where we're going. I might not. I might just go. Do you know what? I feel like going here today because it's flat and I can't be bothered walking up anything. Or you know, because I live in Bath and there's there's hills. The only way out of here is hills. Yes. Um. So you know, it's it, and I just find that fascinating, and I love watching them. And that to me, that is my meditation. And it, it just switches my brain off and I, and yeah. I love it. Um, and then I get home and I feel, I just feel energetic and I feel like I've, and, and I feel like I've, I've been able to think creatively rather than just think about like things that have to be done. I can think creatively. Um, and it just, I don't know. It just calms my, it calms my brain down. Yes. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I, 
having come from a military background and and planning is a big part of it but but the plan always goes to shit anyway yeah um so it's it it's more important to have <laughs> for, to, to coin a um a clint eastwood phrase from uh from um the hell's the movie i just had a complete mind fart tell us the phrase and i might be able to tell you the movie improvise adapt and overcome don't know heartbreak, <laughs> heartbreak ridge oh it's uh, heartbreak ridge yeah yes yeah yeah gunny, but gunny highway wasn't gunny it? highway yeah that's the one yes great yeah. movie. so it's that. about that is have a loose plan have no way where you want what it is you want to achieve but how the fuck you're going to get there don't worry about it because as, as long as you can improvise adapt and overcome you'll get it Absolutely. This is what I was going to, I went off on one about, about going out for a walk about the dog, but this is what I was going to talk about, about the, the, it's, I think, is it Seth Godin, the book? It's called The Gap. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I learned it out from a coach I had in the past called, it was called The Drift. He called yes. it, but basically you've got where you are now, where you want to be. Um, that's your goal. And you start out on your path from where you are now and you go, everything's fine. This is great. I'm, you know, let's, I mean, I'm a trainer, so let's use, I'm doing my training program and everything's fine. But then a life event happens, something happens and you just go bang straight into a ditch. You're at the bottom of that ditch. And then it's like, how do I get out of there? Because from the bottom of that ditch to your goal is now bigger. It's massive. So then you have all these future-based thoughts of how do I get there and anxiety and kind of um, I'm never going to be able to do this and all that sort of stuff, like all these, which are all future-based thoughts rather than thinking about what do I need to do right here, right now to keep me on, at least keep me toward, going towards that. Yeah. But then what you get is you just, this is, this is what you start with my dad every Monday. And then you go, I'm just going to go back to where I was because it was comfortable. Yeah, and you end up in the same place, and that can be over. And, and I t when I talk to people about this, I'm like, it can be, it can happen over a week, a year, two years, twenty five years, which it did for me, from when I was fifteen to yeah, thirty nine or whatever. What, uh, what did I say it was? I was thirty nine when I when I after I got divorced. So I said I was saying thirty three, thirty four earlier. That was when I got made redundant and everything. So by the time I got to 39, that was when I met Sean, who, who I'm with. Yes. Um, we met online, which was totally uncomfortable for me as well. I went to match.com. <laughs> Honestly, it was bonk. And my mate said, go on match.com. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Why would you do that? Only sad people do that and all that sort of stuff. I, just, I don't know what I was thinking. Went on and I've, and I've, I've met the, like a beautiful lady who, who I now live with. We've got a dog. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. And we have a great relationship because she's been through very similar to me and being divorced. Yeah. We, we talk about this actually. She, she was married, but never had a, um, uh, what's it called? Anniversary. Cause she was only married for eight months. Oh yeah. And, but we've had similar experiences through that. So now we talk about everything. We just talk about it. Yeah. This is how I'm feeling. Um, you know, this is, um, you know, and we don't go through like this is what you do that annoys me because people talk about like doing that, and it's like no, because then you're just fo you're focusing on the wrong thing. But we're just like, you know, I'll sit. Sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I'll be like, do you know what? This happened at the beginning of this year because I lost a few clients and it felt like everyone was going to leave and all of this sort of stuff. And I was like, I might have to get a job, you know. 
Not yeah. that I haven't got a job now, but I was like, this might all fall apart and I might have to do something. And then the very next day she said to me, she was like, I've, I've already been thinking about like, you know, cause she's a, she's a teacher. She's like, well, what about tutoring? And cause I've got a math degree. So what about tutoring? She was like, um, there's admin at work, admin stuff that needs doing at work, which can be done um, remotely. She's like, I could, I, you know, you could do that um, until you find something and all this. Not saying it is going to fail. It's like, we've got contingencies. And she was like, she was there. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And, um, and that was just from this one thing of telling her how I felt, you know, um, what was I going to say? And that, and I would, I would never, and until this point, I would never have done that. I would have just hid it and been like, you know, what's wrong with you? I'm nothing. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then just sat there being in a mood, probably got had a few beers (laughs) No, you know what I mean. You know how it yeah. works, though. You know, yeah. but then that that all of a sudden I was like, she's got my back. I'm, I'm, I'll be fine. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, and there wasn't yeah. anything wrong, and I'm still doing what I do because everyone didn't leave. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's um, we, but it's in- interesting you talk because we talked about this when I came on your on uh, Health Oddity yeah. podcast. The people's comfort zones of discomfort because it's familiar and sticking with the old routine, even though you know it's screwing you up, but you stick with it because that's what you know. The yeah. better the devil you know scenario. Yeah. Um, and it's it gets tied into your identity and it's, diff- it's, it's hard to shift out of that because it feels really scary. Yeah. Identity is huge, actually. Again, I was learning about that this morning. It sounds like I've learned about everything just this morning, doesn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> big day. I've had a productive day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but this morning I was learning about that. So identity, and again, this goes with people wanting to get fitter, stronger, losing weight, whatever. Um, they can have the identity of, of of I'm a fat person. I always have been. I have been my whole life. So what would I do if I got in shape? What? Well, who do I become? What happens? And that's scary. That is really scary. I put a, I put something up this morning about what is your idea? Like, what do you think about yourself? I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but it was like, I, I, I was never strong. I used to be weak. That was my identity. I was like, I was weak, but I was clever. Or I thought I was. Um, and it turns out I wasn't clever. I could just regurgitate information, which isn't really intelligence, is it? I suppose. I don't know. It's a, it's, but it's anyway. That's useful. Well, yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, if, if, unless you can understand it. If you can regurgitate stuff, that's easy, but unless you can understand it, if you can actually understand it, then you're okay, aren't you? But um, I, can't, I, can't rem- I can't remember entirely what it was, but it was like, I was, I was, I, I was weak. That's how I identified. So then mm-hmm. I was like, well, what's the point of me going? And I even thought that when I started going to the gym, um, which I hated at the time. And until I had coaches who were basically like, no, you, you, that's not your identity. You've accepted you are this person, but you can change that. And you can change that. Yes. And then, and then all, and, 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 and it doesn't happen overnight, obviously, but then you'd become to accept that anything is possible. There are no limits to anything. And then once you can get to that point, you're like, well, I can do anything. I can do whatever I want. Whatever I want, it might work, it might not work, but it doesn't matter. Um, yep. 
And that was a massive realization because I, like I say, I sat at the same desk for 12 years and I was like, I just, I've got to go to work and go home, go to work and go home, get paced to the weekend. Yeah. And, and that happened. Have two weeks off and go on holiday. First week I'll be knackered. Second week, and then probably get ill. Yes. Yeah. Usually I mean, the way. Yeah, yeah. And then second week, I'll be a bit more relaxed until the Wednesday. And then I start thinking about the fact that I've got to go back to work again. And then it just goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the whole, um, yeah, that identity thing is is huge. Yeah. Um, because you are not, how, how you identify yourself now isn't who you have to be, you know, well, it isn't who you have to be unless you want it to be. If you want it to be, there's nothing wrong with it, is there? Well, no, exactly, no. It's. Um... But the way I also think about that now is you can have an idea. If, so you're not, if you're not happy with who you are now, you can have an idea. There's ways of um, changing that. Yes. To become who you do want to be. But that'll not make you happy forever. And then when you are that person, what's next? It's like you've got, there's always got to be a progression from there because it's like, well, what's next? Because that person in five years' time, who you were happy with five years ago, but not 10 years ago, because you were someone else, you become that person. And then five years later, you're still that person. You'd be like, right. And then it becomes comfortable. And, and, and then you're like, right, I need a challenge, which is, I'm going through that right now because I've let, I haven't let things slide, but because I was in, um, I'd started a relationship with Sean, that was actually six years ago, but I wanted to make sure it didn't, it didn't go the same way as I, as I alluded to earlier, it didn't go the same way as it did with my ex-wife. Yes. Which I could have quite easily created that situation, but I didn't let everything else slide, but I, I haven't been learning as much about the mental stuff, the mental, um, uh, what do you call it? Mindset side and all that. I'm not going to say mental health because I'm not a mental health professional, am I? But the the mindset side of it and all that, I've, I kind of let that all slip because I was I was like, I want to focus on my relationship. That is my that is the thing that I'm going to make work, and I focused on that a hell of a lot. Where now I can kind of, it's probably gone on too long, but I was very I was comfortable doing that, and I've got to a point now. I'm like, right, hang on, hang on, I can't do that forever. Because it's actually a very good relationship. Now I need to worry about other stuff that is now I've taken the foot off the gas and people were leaving and, and things like that. So I'm like, right now I've got to go and learn that. But actually that'll feed back into it anyway. Yeah, because you know, without the right mindset, you cannot get you can't even set foot in the gym. I've been in I've had that over the last 18 months. Yeah. It's getting fat because I've been afraid to exercise because my heart problems have been causing me significant issues mm. uh here's 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 a strange thing and this occurred to me uh a couple of weeks ago and i've been doing something deliberate to change that is that i actually when i found out about uh, i had an uh unstable angina um i kind of then because i was, it was so i was getting pains and it was obviously exercise induced as well but i was getting it was waking me up in the night i actually kind of dissociated my heart from me or me from my heart because I kind of was kind of seeing it as as the enemy yeah and over the last couple of weeks I've spent a lot of time I do my my little morning routine but I've been focusing my efforts 
in my kind of hypnotic visualization of reconnecting with my heart and becoming friends with it and say, listen, we need to work. Sorry about that, dude. We need to work together here. Otherwise yeah. we're both fucked. It's yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's not with myself and it's been making a difference. It's huge. It's not, it's not a thing you want to disconnect from. Is it? Let's face it. Not really. No, no. no. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's interesting actually, because there's something I did a while ago and I didn't, I didn't follow it through as in I finished, I finished it, but I didn't follow it through. And it was a, it was, it was a course called PDTR. I can't remember what it stands for now anyway, but it's kind of like, like physios, chiropractors, and, and it's like um, uh, physical therapy. Okay. Uh, um, my mindset got in the way of that because I'm not a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. And I thought, who the hell am I to be able to do this? And I didn't, I, I, I got my head around it. I understood it, but I didn't feel like I could, I could do it. If you know what I mean on people, because you meant to do it on other people and all that, but it went, that yes. went all into what you've just said there about how emo, your emotion around, I don't like even just breaking your arm or something like that. And then you're in pain after that, but the pain continues, even though the tissue damage is fixed yes. and all of that. So there shouldn't be any pain there, but your brain is saying there is pain there because it's protecting that area. Yeah. You've got to convince your, you've then got to convince your brain, your central nervous system that everything's okay because yes. it's being overprotective, which you can do through physical therapy. But then the very, a very, um, but then a memory of the accident you went through, the trauma, how you broke your arm or whatever it is, can then bring that pain back. So you've got to deal with that. And like, that's exactly what you were talking about, about do, dealing with things on a surface level or going deeper than that Yes. to the actual unconscious place that makes that happen. Yes. And yes. that happens with pain, happens with um, depression. Yes. It happens with everything because it all comes from, from the brain. Yeah. Um, that's just made me think about that, actually. And that's, I just find that really interesting. You've, you've just... So this is another thing that's interesting. That's a physical thing. And you've dealt with it mentally as well, because it yeah. is mental as well. So it's, it's, it's all connected, isn't it? And, 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 and that's your experience through the, like, you know, through your doctorate and all of that sort of stuff that you've done of being able to do that um, and being able to recognize that as well. It's amazing. Yes. Well, you know, to be, when I ha- when I first got the, the angina symptoms, the first angina attack was, I can't even remember when it was. It was either January or February last year. But on the Monday, I'd run an, uh, a, a 20 miler because I was training for a challenge, an endurance challenge. And then on the Tuesday, it was on basically on the Wednesday morning at like three in the morning, it, I woke up with horrendous chest pain like and, and sweating and all the, all the shit that goes with that. Yeah. Um, so I'd been doing a 20 miler and I haven't really run since then. I stopped. Bang. That was it. Yeah. Because I shat myself. <laughs> but yesterday, yesterday I ran 7K. Yeah. So does that mean that somewhere in here, somewhere in your head, unconsciously, it was running that caused your angina? Um, 
Is that right or not? I don't. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. There was. There were a, a lot of other things. It had been a, a, a problematic. Um, well, I've been. I've been working my ass off getting the charity, the, men, the mental health charity, set up and running and and and, and going and doing yeah. lots of work with that, and then that became. Yeah, there were there were some problems towards the end of that, and that was ultimately what led. I I I think was it was it was definitely stress, emotional stress induced. But somewhere in your subconscious, do you think it's now being overprotective, saying it was not it, very probably because it's because it, the very next day after doing that, it linked it to that, and somewhere in the, somewhere in the in the what would you yeah. call it? Not doldrums. Way in the back, it's thinking that I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. But it just. I know. I know. I know from my experience that can happen where it, there's a trigger, or you mm. think it's a trigger and it's not. It's something you've been doing for ten years up until that point. Yeah, it's just it's, it's the, just a habit. Emotional memory yeah. is extremely powerful as well. Huge. Um, it you know, and it can be completely. You can have a a, a sense of feelings triggered by something that's completely disconnected from the original event it's just the fact that it's brought up a similar feeling so your brain just connects the two and go ah when yeah I feel like that this is what it means and it can trigger all sorts of stuff it's it's a bizarre old thing but again with this pdtr thing that i did it can be sound as well it can be anything sound smell sound yeah, absolutely sound that smell then creates the the thought which then creates the feeling and then brings everything back again. Um, yeah. It's it. What what I love and hate about all of this stuff is that you think you got your head around it. Oh, and then you haven't, because <laughs> because there's just honestly people who deal with neurology um, and you know all the research science and all that behind and everything. It's like it's just so ongoing. It is unbelievable. Which is why when anyone tells you they've got a solution to your problem of whatever it is, and you just follow these steps and and do this, not I know you've got your your ultimate care process and that, but it isn't like that isn't like this solves everything. It's like this is oh, a framework. God no. This is a free no no, but like it's it's a framework, and you use it how you will how it works for you, because it's different for everybody and all of that sort of stuff. But when you see it in like like I say on Instagram, Facebook, I'll just, just do this, just do this. I'll just eat less and run more and all that. It's like, it's just like, do you know how it's not even superficial. I don't know what the word is. It's less than superficial. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That it's, it, it, it's bonkers. And it it fascinates me because it just makes me, this, this is what, I don't know. This is what excites me. And it's also means I don't know where I'm going to go next. I don't know no. if I'm going to be a trainer for the rest of my life. I don't know. I, d- I don't know. And I love that because you can be yeah. anything. You can be, and this is what my post said earlier um, about how you identify. You can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, you know, and it's it's taken me, you know, I'm 45 now, and it's taken me to this point to kind of not even realize it, just become comfortable with it. Because I was, you know, I was very, I, I, you know, I did your um, uh, free online course, didn't I? And the, the Maslow's yes. hierarchy of needs and what have you. Um, and about being, you know, I had, I was at the very bottom of that and I had the comfort and the, mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't remember. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the financial security and all of that, and I was in a relationship, and everything was okay. And it didn't go any higher than that. <laughs> and that's where I was going to stay. You know. Um, whereas now it's the enlightenment side of it, and it's kind of you know you can just do whatever you want. Yes. Because the funny thing is being able to do that. The skills you learn along the way as well. So after being at work for all that time coming out, I was like, I've not quite, I, I, what, what do, what else can I do apart from go and find a job in another company doing exactly the same thing? Yeah. I can't. Um, we were talking about this in the, in the pub the other day, actually with uh, about like about the miners when Thatcher closed all the mines and all that sort of stuff. And they were like, well, yeah. what the hell do I do now? And it's like, exactly. All your eggs are in one basket. You're a miner. That's it. You don't know what else to do. You know, and that was how it was at the time, and it's not. It wasn't really their fault and stuff because it was, you know, it was a job for life, wasn't it? Until yeah, it's not. yeah. So all the things you learn outside of that, so I could now do whatever I want, and then if everything goes to shit, I could just go and get a job. So you know, yeah. And 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 I, I even thought about that down to the nth degree of well, someone will like if you go on a job and they go, well, where have you been for the last? 10 years you haven't been employed and it'd be like i've been doing all this stuff and i've got all this experience and all that so what do you want to do employ someone who's been churning the handle or employ someone who's thought about a lot of stuff over life and will come come at you with um you know with thoughts and things to progress yes, see, I, I, <laughs> I i think i think very often people that i i see this very often is people in their 40s getting into coaching and that side the, the men the kind of the more psychological side of of, of life and spiritual yeah in their 40s because they've had the life experience to, to and they've learned that there's there is more to life yeah and there's, there's more options and there's there's better ways of doing things and living and living your own life rather than living your life for somebody else's benefit Sean, so my girlfriend is a, is a great example of when I think about this. I, t- I talk about her a lot actually, and and um, because I find her quite insp- I find her well very inspirational. Because she she's a teacher, she's a primary school teacher, which is not. She's been do- her parents were teachers before her. Okay. Um, so it's ingrained in her, and she loves it. She's been yeah. doing it for 20, 20 years. Okay, she doesn't teach kids anymore. She's in school improvement. Okay, so okay. Like, like phonics and stuff like that. And everything she does, everything, and she talks about this all the time, everything she does is with the kids in mind and yeah. how the kids are going to benefit from it. She doesn't care how it affects her, how busy she's going to be or anything. Everything is about that. And she loves it. She moans about it a lot and gets stressed and all of that sort of stuff but she absolutely loves it and she's been doing it for 20 years. So I always find it funny when people go like, oh, people doing stuck in jobs that they hate, blah, 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 blah. If you're stuck in a job, not stuck in a job, but if you do the job you like, you know, you don't have to go out and do anything on your own, do it for yourself and all that. It, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. If you're happy to sit behind a desk for 10 hours and all that and yeah. over the weekend and all that, there's absolutely bugger all wrong with it. But if you're not, and you're not doing anything about it, there's there's one person who's who's got to who's got to deal with that, and that's you. Yeah, um, yeah. And and honestly, I, and this is what's inspired me to do 
what I want as well, which I was doing anyway, but it's actually, it gives me more drive to do it because she has done it for 20 years and she's, she's just happy. Yes. And it's brilliant. I'd like to think I've got a little, a little part in why she's happy as well, to be honest, but you know, well, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing. And her ex-husband's actually a teacher as well. So, you know, they, Obviously, you'd think that would be a match made in heaven, wouldn't you? It's like, oh, they can sit and, like, you know, it's all about the kids and talk about school and that. But apparently, like, I don't know him, but he was, um, it wasn't always necessarily about the kids and stuff for him. You know what I mean? So it's it's just, it, I just love that. I love it. So, like, finding a, I don't know if passion's the right word, because it gets, like, all these words that we, that we use for things like this have been, have been used yeah. to death. So. Yes. Th- when you yeah, say, they, you know, when I say she's got a passion for this thing, it doesn't, it, I don't think that carries the weight that I want to get, that, that, that I can't, not that I want to get across, but that I think that she's got. Um, it's, it's just, you know, I think, I think, I think these things get used too much, but she has got that passion for it and I love it. Yeah. Well, to find something that you're going to, you can do for that long that still lights that fire in your belly. Mm is i think is 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 phenomenal you know there's not many it's it's a rarity these days because you know you that that period of you know working in a company for 30 40 50 years leaving with a handshake and a gold watch just doesn't exist anymore does it you know that's i got a pipe for my 10 year um yeah i don't know why i didn't i didn't even smoke (laughs) i used to but i didn't like you know and i never i've never smoked a pipe i got a pipe the certificate. <laughs> oh, you've been here 10 years. There you go. <laughs> anyway, you crack go. on. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Cheers for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing though. But, but, but like I say, she's doing that for the kids. And I've, I've literally, I haven't just thought about this. I think about it a lot, but this is just popped in my head. And this is why when I'm training the guys who are trained, I train people online as well. And I train people in person in the park behind my house. I'm not in a gym or anything like that because I, because most people, when I started, it was like people working in offices. Now most people are at home most of the day, aren't they? After COVID and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's like, why would you want to go to a gym with no windows and, and what have you when you can come in? Like Royal Victoria Park's just there. The Royal Crescent, one of the one, oh. one things you should see before you die is, Beautiful. is behind my house. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an amazing venue for people to just get strong and relax and all that. Yep. But I like to think... I like to think, and and I don't do weekends, only during the week, because it's many guys in their 40s. What do they do at weekends? You spend it with your kids. So I want to think that ripples down. So as Sean does with school, it'll ripple through the kids. Kids are better at home, da-da-da-da, all of that sort of stuff. It'll ripple down to the kids, to their relationships, to everything. Um, Whether it does or not, I don't know. But it doesn't matter if I know or not, and it doesn't matter if it does or not. I'm going to keep doing it. Because if I can think like that, I'm just going to keep doing it. And it's, yes. it's, I don't know. I just, it just makes me feel good. Well, you're yeah. helping, helping people to make their lives better. Yeah. And sometimes I struggle with that because I'm like, who the hell am I to tell you to do that? <laughs> well, again, you, know, like you, you, you know, you said earlier, it's not about coming up with this, with the answers, the solutions. It's helping people figure out along the way yeah. what works for them. Yeah. Um, Cause there's always more, one way to skin the proverbial cat. Obviously, a sensitive 
I was going to say phrase, uh, phrase in your house. Um. I, I can't think. It's not my house, my brother's house, but I can't. I can't think of a, a of, of another <laughs> another one. Another one doesn't spring to mind straight. No, away. it was the first one that came to mind. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you start, what you've done? There you go. You've just proved there the the old unconscious um, thing. What, yes. whatever you call it, you have an unconscious thought and then the feeling comes from it and blah, blah. You started a sentence and then halfway through the sentence, you're like, oh, hang on, I need another sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's the yeah. gap. I was learning that this morning as well, the gap from your unconscious thought to your action. There's like a six second gap or something like that. Unconscious, your unconscious thought comes in and then your behavior will do something. You'll do something based on that thought. And if you can... If you can own that, this is what um, this guy Brian, who I was listening to this morning, says. If if you can own that gap, you can change. That's where the change comes from. Yes, because well, sometimes you, go, you can, sometimes you can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, you couldn't there. Uh... <laughs> I clearly did not on that occasion. No. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, fantastic! I'm cu- I'm curious with with your kind of you got to that crux point. Yes that really got that, that just I suppose, transformed your life because you made a you made a conscious decision i need to change things here there's some things i need to do for myself uh and that's obviously had a, a dramatic uh impact on your life from then to now what what are, what are the key things what are, are there any things key elements from from that kind of awareness i suppose of what you need to change and what you have changed and what you've learned that you carry with you now your kind of key things that you that bang this this consistently works for me in in changing things what is it what are those things that are right for you that you've found that continue to drive you on in in the right direction um yeah the there's I'm trying to think how how to say this, but it's it's basically just looking after me, and not in a self, not being selfish. But the whole thing about I mean, again, it's a cliche, but putting your own mask on on a plane before you help everyone yeah. else and all of that. I used to be a yes man person. I used to say yes to everything and try and help everyone and do this and do that, but end up helping no one. And my dad was exactly the same person, and then he get then he get annoyed with that as well. Yeah. Right? So he was always trying to help someone and all that. I remember at his funeral, it was weird. There was a lot of people walking out and shaking my hand, going, "Oh, I've got like you, I've got a plant in the garden that your dad gave me, and I've got this." He, he loved his gardening, which didn't rub off on me. Um, but it was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, he gave us a cutting off one of his things, and that's now in the garden and blah blah and all that." So I, like, I kind of like to think loads of people have got gardens all over the all over Newcastle that my dad is part of. But anyway, nice. Um, But he, that was what he was constantly doing and trying to help other people, including my mum. But he'd always get angry about it because he never had any time for himself. And he was like, well, what do I, who, who, it was kind of like, because he could never get with who he was. Yes. And that's a huge thing for me. So I've had, this influence has been running through my life all the time and I didn't realise it. Um, So it's, it's, it's that thing of, and this is a big thing right now like now because lots there's so much going on there's so much things to get your attention that you get you you get to go to bed at night and you're like 
what has happened today? What has ha- who like what has happened? So then telling people to say you need to work out who you are and how to change it and ac- either accept who you are or there's something you can do about it and it doesn't have to be ingrained and all of that sort of stuff is way beyond what most people can actually deal with because they, do- they don't know who they are because they are what they do day, day after yeah. day after day. They get out of bed as late as possible, jump in the shower, drive to work, get stuck in traffic, get annoyed, get to work annoyed, do two hours work in eight hours. Um, funny about for the rest of it, go home, um, have a beer, watch telly, go to bed. Um, and that's, you know, that's a bleak picture. And I don't think, you know, I don't, you know, life's not like that. That's a bit of a, it's like exaggerated. Yes. Um, but that's how I felt. And now that I think I protect my time a lot more, I do, I don't work very many hours but I get a shitload more done than I used to at work, which yeah. gives me time to go out and walk the dog for two hours. So yeah. he then doesn't get on my nerves because he's in the house going, like, oh, what we're doing, what we're doing. And he's, he goes to sleep, like I said earlier. You know, so I, I definitely think it's not selfish to give yourself some time because then it gives more of you to everybody else as well. Because yeah. it's not just about you. It, Every, we're all we all live together we're all you know the, the whole planet becoming an existential and all that sort of stuff but we're all we're all part of the same thing right um and you know you for me now i just want to put good out into the world um and if i'm not if i don't know who i am and i don't know what i want and i don't think about that and try and think about it as deeply as I, as 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 I am able to. Um, then, you know, I, you, you, I might not be, I might not be doing it right, but I might not be putting good out in the world. Like you get angry at someone on the street, mm-hmm. you have a go at them, they go home and take it out on the missus. There might be a person who, who does that, or take it out on the missus or the kids or whatever, or they might go and get like get drunk because because you've given them a bad day. And then get in a fight with someone, you know what I mean? Is it like all these things can can happen? So it's like I just want to try and not be that person who who creates that. Um, and it's a struggle. It's a it's a massive struggle, but it's a good struggle because it makes yes. me it makes me keep thinking about it and keep thinking right. What did I, What was my reaction? To that what did I do? So I'm just trying to. I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but it's it's. Um. I don't know. I just the, the the more I think about things, and the more I think about what um, well, we we're talking about. You get to a certain age, and you start thinking about what's it all about. That's what it's all yeah. about for me. Just yeah. making sure, um, make, not making sure you don't piss people off and you don't do this, but just be mindful about what you say. Because ev- again, ev- everyone's got trauma somewhere, and yep. you could say something that triggers them like that, and then you 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 know that's them done for a month or two months or whatever. They could go to bed for three weeks. And not and not you know not get up and I try and be mindful of that. Yeah. Um, but that comes from working on myself. Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise we just run on the same old habits rather than. Ch- yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I've done that, and I I never used to say things to piss people off, but you get that, don't you? Like, or I or I used to, you know, it was like, you know, someone's doing something like slightly annoy you or something. So you're like, right, I'm going to wind them up. 
I'm going to, and not in a joking way, like I'm going to say something that's going to just floor them. Yeah. And then I win, but nobody wins. No. <laughs> so, you know. No. no, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Christ, we're, you know, we're all, all guilty of, of doing things like that. Especially, yeah. when especially when we're having a bad day ourselves, we can. Yeah. If I'm going to feel bad, I'm going to make you feel bad as well. Yeah. You just, you just piss me off. I'm just going to make you worse. Make you feel but worse. if you can, if you can flip that. Yes. You know, if you can flip that and say, if I'm going to feel bad, that's on me. What can I do to, I, what can I do to get out of that? Or what can I do to whatever it is that's triggered me to be like that? Because yeah. it will be a trigger, whatever it is that's triggered me. How do I work on that? Is it because I'm tired? Maybe I just need some more sleep. This is another thing. This is, this is a big thing, actually. Hopefully, in answer to your question, is whenever I'm feeling something or whenever I'm tired or whenever like I'm short-tempered or whatever, I try and work out what I've done that day or the day before or whatever within the immediate time. So not something like weeks ago or anything like that, but the immediate time that's made me feel like that now because it's like there must be something. And then if you can find that, you can nip it in the bud rather than having something nice. that was someone said to you three weeks ago yeah, that you've remembered has popped up and then put you in a bad mood. If you can deal with it yeah. there and then and go, well, this person said this to me, it's pissed me off. Why is that? And you can figure it out. There's a, you might know about this. I don't know, but there's a book by uh, Byron Katie called Loving What Is. Yes. Have you ever read that? And it's kind of, it's that, I again, I went through doing that a lot. Um, there's a whole process to it, the work she calls it. And um, it got tedious for me. And, yeah. and you can't really just do it in your head and go like, oh, this person said this to me, it pissed me off. So I'll go through that process. But I just try and find exactly what the thing is. And then I'm like, right, I need to, I need to resolve that now because it's, I'm, I'm going to end up having an argument with Sean in like six months, t- <laughs> six months time and I won't have a clue what, what's going on. Yeah. What happened there? So that's that, that's what I try and do to to because then things don't fester. So this and then going right back to where we started, that thing that that when my dad told me when I was 15 about mm. my mum, that, that took me 25 years to, you know, 25 like 25 years of getting angry, getting annoyed, drinking, da, 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 before I actually decided to do something about it. And 25 years is a long time to try and un, like unravel stuff. It is. And it I'm is. still doing it, you know, so it's, it's, well, you know, you're in, you're in fine company, mate. You really are. <laughs> yeah, and this is, but that's the other thing when you talk about it, you, it's not unique. You might get people who go like, oh, just, you know, I don't know what to say about that. And it's like, you don't have to say anything. You just have to identify something in yourself that is similar or that could have happened or whatever that, that you can deal with. And then, and then if you have a conversation, then you then conversations open up, and then you end up talking for an hour and a half or whatever it is we've been talking about. Yeah, no, for, it's been, for that long, you know. Been it's, the three things that stood out for me from what you've you've said there is take care of yourself and each other, Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not oh a good God. example for any of this, by the way. Glass from the past. Um, yeah, so take. Take care of yourself before take you know so that you, you're capable of taking care of yes those you care about and other people. Uh, be aware of what you say and do. 
and nip things in the bud sooner rather than later. Yeah. And so the way I think about this, and I don't know if this is, these like things just popping in my head all the time. So I don't know if this is true or not. But if you take care of yourself, you're going into the subconscious or you can, you can try and get into the subconscious and change things at that level. So then that's taking care of you. And then that makes you more aware of what you're going to say anyway, because you don't react to stuff more and you become more kind of thoughtful about things. And what was the last one? Sorry, I've just, I forgot. Um, uh, so it was being what you're saying, do, and um, I've just bloody, oh, I've got a mind fart again. There we go. Um, take care of yourself. Beware. Oh, nip things in the bud. Nip things in the bud. That was it. Yes, because... If you don't nip it in the bud, that creates that unconscious. It puts something. It puts a little um, pin in there, doesn't it? Yeah. And it says you're going to stay here. This pin's going to stay here, and then subconsciously you that that'll come up from somewhere, from a thought, um, from a sound, from a reaction, from a situation or whatever, and then piss you off, and you won't know why. So if you nip something in the bud very quickly, it it stops creating those sub that that, that subconscious. Um. And that's what I mean when you like, you know, what we, we were talking about earlier when you want to find your why or whatever. That's that's where it is. It's it, it's it's deep in. So yeah, it is. I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, I'm tired it now. Is. <laughs> well, we covered a lot of ground. Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah, we there's there's there's, there's a there's a there's a a lot of meat in this one. <laughs> there's plenty to digest. Seriously, it's it's I love I just love stuff like this because the more conversations we can have like this, you know, whether people are ready or not, they're going to listen to it and something again subconsciously something's going to go in there and yes. park itself for ten years time, and it'll go. Do you remember that? And then they might go back and listen to it, or they might have listened to stuff down the line, or it might spark someone to then go off and listen to, I don't know, I want to go and listen to another podcast where they were talking about mental health or whatever and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, yeah. I, I just really enjoy it because the more people do it, the less ambiguity there is around and the more people realize I love to, I love, I love this as well. And I, it, I don't know if it's a quote or just something some, somebody said to me once and all that, but there are no new thoughts. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you feel like your um, uniqueness is, not that everyone's not unique, but I'm a unique in the fact that my mum was traumatised as a kid, so therefore it's affected me. And it, my dad sort of like smoked and drank himself to death and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, if, if I'm thinking that, that's not true, because there's, there's someone else, there's definitely one, at least one person somewhere else thinking that. Yeah. Um, if not, millions. So yes, there are no new thoughts. Whatever you're thinking has been thought before, and you're not, you're not on your own. That's that's no. massive. like so. The guy I was about to say his name there, the guy in the park, who was buying stuff, um, you know, yes. and that was the addiction and all that. As soon as he told us a lot, he spoke about it. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 we've done that. And he was like, <laughs> I know. You, but the, the weird thing was, he goes, I know you have. Everyone has, and he knew it. So, and this is again 20, 25 years might be a time he's been doing that for twenty five years apparently, and now he's doing something about it. So you know, that's it. You know, and there's there's often even something as simple as opening up to people and talking about stuff with others 
is is often for for for, for from experience is enough for some people to start to make changes and go and find the help they need yeah because when stuff that's deep deeper down the unconscious um habits etc there's a, an einstein quote that i that i use on a regular basis because it just it just fits beautifully and it's you cannot solve a problem with the same level of consciousness or thinking that created it yeah so when the problem's in your own head very often you can't solve your own problem because you're only ever coming at it from the perspective of the problem yes it's hard to be objective about your own shit but the answer is always also within you as well yeah but that's where finding somebody who can help you unlock that yep is 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 the way forwards definitely yep. absolutely absolutely see i love i love i love where this i mean honest yeah anyway i'll shut up now i'm not going to be talking for hours aren't <laughs> <laughs> honestly every time i say something and then stop you say something and then it makes create like honestly it makes my head just go right oh man right yeah there's this and there's this and there's this so yeah anyway it's all good so one the next thing what what's the what's the what what are you working what are you um working on obviously you've got your you've got your personal training and the strength coaching and and the health oddity podcast is there anything else that you're working on and, and obviously within the in 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 the, the show notes for this i'll give me all the links and i'll put all the details for people to get in touch with you do, do you know what i used to have links to loads of stuff and everything um but i haven't anymore because I, you know, I was like, I spoke to a guy today actually who listens to our podcast, who got in touch with me because of that and about training online. Yeah. And he, he'd gone onto my website, um, which I don't really use anymore, and downloaded something from there. And then he was on an email list and that I'd forgotten about. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about this email. I'd forgot, I did it years ago and I'd forgotten about it. And there's a, there's a 28 day challenge on there, which I don't really, I've, I haven't pushed it for ages. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, because you know it was all about it was, it was an online thing about teaching how beginners online, which is a nightmare, especially for anything physical because you can hurt yourself quite easily. So um, teaching, yeah. teaching beginners in person, simple, not simple, but you know you, you've got your eyes on them. Teaching people who already know what they're doing and giving them the program online, no problem. Um, so I've, I, I don't really have links to everything anymore. I mean, basically, I'm Peter Dot Lant on Instagram. Uh, I think <laughs> Peter oh, no. Lant on Instagram, Peter Lant on Facebook. There's two of them, um, which are both me. Um, and uh, basically, it's a picture of me and Sid on Facebook, my dog. So you'll recognize that one. Um, but yeah, and then the Health Oddity podcast, which is me, um, my good friend James, and and uh, Paul Bassett as well, James St. Yep. Pierre, who owns a place in um. Chelmsford and Paul and Putney. But yeah, so what like what I'm working on at the minute, we're just trying to get the podcast out more um, and just basically get rid of all the crap that's out there and just 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 tell people what they need, like what, what they need to know without all yeah. the jargon and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then personally, I'm tra- I'm training guys in the park. There's a there's a limit on that because there's only a certain amount of people I can train, and I want to keep it quite, yeah. quite um smallish anyway because we all chat and we all get to know each other and all of that so that's good and then i do i do some online um programming as well for people um coaching okay. so who kind of like roughly know what they're doing 
but just aren't getting the results that they want. So, which usually comes down to hop finding things on YouTube and here and there and hopping around different things and working out what to do. And it's like, nah, I can you know, come 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 to me for a program and I'll I'll sort you out. Yeah. But the best way to find that is like contact me on Instagram or something like that. Just send me a message. Okay. Well, we'll 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 chat. I'll get all the any details you want off uh, put on here, and we'll get. I'll make sure that's all squared away anyway. Um, mate, honestly. Peter, this I've loved this conversation today. It's so been, it's been, and it's gone just absolutely flown by. My bladder is about this big right now. Right, honestly, <laughs> I needed a wee for the last twenty minutes, but like you know, you bladder like a space hopper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, call it quits and let you go pee. Um, but. <laughs> but thanks again i will we'll get all this stuff squared away and um yeah we'll uh no doubt we'll probably chat again at some point in the future anyway oh definitely absolutely uh, in in this in this well certainly in, in this but outside of this for definite but yeah. in this form probably again at some point so but yeah absolute Excellent. pleasure thank, thanks. i forgot i forgot to say at the very start thank you for having me on by the way yeah, <laughs> pleasure Every podcast I listen to people are like, oh, it's, it's an honour to be here and all that. And I, 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 that didn't even cross my mind when I started. <laughs> Sorry about that. And it is. Thank you. Honestly, I think this is the first podcast I've been a guest on. So Really? Yeah. So thank you very much. Oh, it is. My, my pleasure. That's yeah, my it's pleasure. been it's been amazing. It's been funny being on the other side because, you, you know, <laughs> you start talking, ask me questions. And I'm like, oh, oh hang on. <laughs> it's much easier the other way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, we'll leave it on that one and we will speak again uh, in the very near future. Absolutely. Love All it. Right. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.